You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Thanks for coming to Renew Life Church today. So awesome that you would join us. If you're a first-time guest, welcome to Renew Life Church family. Can we welcome our first-time guest? Thank you so much for coming and joining us. believe that today is going to be magnificent. Uh, we've got something super impressive and uh, fantastic in store. I love, I said this the first service, I love the body of Christ because I love the parts of the body of Christ. The scripture says that we all know in part, we all prophesy in part. There are parts that you have that I actually need in my life, and there are parts that uh, I have that you need in your life. And today I'm very, very thankful that uh, the Lord chose that he would share one of the parts of the body with us today. And so in a moment, I'm going to have Ben come up. Ben Armstrong is here from Bethel Church in Redding, California. Ben is the director of all of prophetic ministry at Bethel, and Ben packs a giant punch. Amen. Uh, did you know that you're designed to be heavy-handed in the kingdom? kingdom of God. And Ben is a heavy-handed man in the kingdom of God. And so without further ado, would you just go ahead and welcome Ben Armstrong to the stage with me. Thanks, Cody. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I brought my uh, traveling pianist here, uh, Chris Worley. Great friend, Chris and Betty. I love them so much. They're having a baby real soon too that's pretty exciting but you know sometimes you just got to have a soundtrack to your sermon so he's going to give me a soundtrack and join us and it's it's so good to be here all the way from northern california which is the texas of california that's how i like to think of it um i feel at home when i come to be with you guys and you're like you may be looking at my pants and say you don't look like you're at home don't worry, I got my Wranglers and stuff. You just, the Wranglers don't preach as well. I can't move as well in those, you know. Um, but I feel like God's going to do some amazing things, and I should probably do this first. My, my family says hello and uh, sends their love. My, my wife, Heather, really wanted to come on, on this trip, but we had uh, Lisa Bevere come in town, and, and so they, uh, they had a incredible woman's night the other uh, night at home and so she was there for that and that's that's fun but she sends her love and one of the things that I love about it, at least our family's ministry is it is a family ministry when I go and travel around the world um, you know some places I go to they think revival is if your service goes super long we're not gonna do that I see my clock um, but, you know, especially like places like Korea, and I love, I love the Koreans. If you've ever been to a Korean prayer meeting, I don't know what we do. I thought I used to pray until I went to a Korean prayer meeting, and then I realized I'm ashamed. I don't, I don't know if I've ever prayed in my life compared to what they do. They are crazy. They're just in it. They love it, but they also think like if you go to like three or four in the morning, the longer you go, it's like more revival. I, I, I'm not that way. And, and part of the problem there is sometimes in ministry we think, oh, it, it depends on how long we go, how many people we pray for, how many things we do. And uh, I, I just like to say this, 
my, my family sew me into environments. And if I go into an environment and I come back home utterly exhausted because I gave everything to everyone else and I have nothing for my family, I actually jeopardize my ability to go back to that place. Why? Because my family is my number one ministry, and we, this is a family ministry, no matter where I'm at. So part of the gift that you received today of Ben Armstrong is the gift of the Armstrongs. My family sew me into you, and it's a pleasure to be with you. And my wife sends her love, and I've got three children, Connor, Kira, and Madison. They're 23, 21, and 19. Awesome kids, I love them so much. How many of you have kids in the room? Raise your hand. How many of you have any kids that are away from God? Raise your hand. This is their year. Stand to your feet if you, that's, that's you, and you have a kid that's away from God, because we're gonna pray and we're gonna declare. Bethel Music just released an album this year called Homecoming. It's, it's, it's prophesying that this is the year they come home. It doesn't matter where they're at. It doesn't matter what's happening. God is chasing them down. God is going to encounter them. God is going to find them. God is going to transform their life. If you're next to one of these, will you stretch out your hands, lay hands on them? If you have to get up and move to lay hands on someone, I just want us to begin to pray over these because this is a season where the prodigals come home. I just want you to declare this is their homecoming. Just pray for breakthrough just for a moment, church. Super important. Children are heritage from the Lord. Lord, I even pray that there be dreams in the night. That, God, you would chase them down with dreams, face-to-face -face encounters with you, angelic visitations in the night, God, that would transform their life. Get our children. You love them more than we do. And that's hard for us to comprehend. But, God, we actually uh, open our hands and give our children to you and say, God, you do what only you can do. I've tried my best. Now, God, you need to come and do the rest. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good job, church. Also, um, I, I do want to do this. You know, Pastor Cody and I were talking about a, a, an individual and there is an anointing on this church for breakthrough to have babies. Breakthrough in, in things like infertility, things like even miscarriages and loss and God healing those things and bringing breakthrough. And it's something that I am super passionate about and I like to do at a lot of places I, I go is to pray over that exact thing. And if that's you and you need breakthrough 
and you're, you and your spouse want children and you need breakthrough, this is a house of breakthrough. This is the place for that to happen. If that's you, I, I just love for you uh, to stand to your feet and we're gonna agree and we're gonna agree for breakthrough for you. Who else? And even those who aren't in the room will we'll get you. Yeah, good. Let, let me just, Laura, talk to you guys real quick because my, my, my heart's for all of you, but I, I sometimes, just like in Scripture, it takes a prophet to declare something. And you think about the Shunammite woman who didn't have a baby, and the prophet's servants well, the prophet says, hey, uh, they, don't, they don't have something. We need to give them a gift. They've been taking care of us. And I want to say you have stewarded the presence of God. You've, you've, you've loved God with all your heart. You've made a place for him. And, and the servant says, well, she doesn't have a baby. And he declares something, and it comes to pass. And Father, we declare over these babies in Jesus' name. We declare breakthrough. God, you make the way where there is no way. You actually created us to reproduce. God, that is your natural, and we speak to these bodies, and we say, come in order with God's natural design. We release even creative miracles where it said, the doctor says, there is no way. God, you declare over us, be fruitful and multiply, and then you gave us the ability to have children. God, we release that right now over these couples, over their bodies, their reproductive organs, everything right now. God, that the laughter of children would be heard in their homes. And we thank you for the testimonies that we've already had in this church of breakthrough in this very area. Just tells us that that's the prophecy for our life. And we declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. Babies, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, this is, this is what God does. He goes after broken places and he heals them. He goes after things that are impossible and he makes them new. And today, this morning, I, I, I have a small amount of time and I'm gonna do things the same and different than, than first service, because it's, I don't, I don't like being exactly the same. But we're gonna talk around this idea of our affection and our attention. We're gonna talk around this whole idea of discerning the Spirit of God. I grew up in church, and I, I love church. I love being in the house of God. But I grew up reading the Bible, 
And it was interesting because when I was young, I grew up in the Bible, reading the Bible with the lens of the devil's bad. You know, the devil's a bad guy. He's after you. Look out. Everything's bad. Don't do this. Don't do that. If you do this or you do that, the devil's going to get you. And it was like the devil was under every rock around every corner. Look out. The devil is big and bad. And the greatest change came in my life when I started reading the Bible through the lens of God is good. And all of a sudden, I started seeing how amazing God is, how big God is, how incredible He is, how much breakthrough He creates. And I started reading this, and I started seeing permission instead of uh, restrictions. I started seeing God giving me the uh, invitation to partner with Him, and the invitation as He transformed my life to begin to be a transformer myself and release the same transformation I receive in other people's life. This is what God does. And the power of our perspective is what changes everything in our life. I think about a couple of guys in Scripture. You guys ever heard of Paul and Silas? Any of you? Okay, a couple of you. All right. I'll tell you the story then. We'll, we'll paraphrase it. We'll do the BIV version, the Ben's International Version. You can read it in the book of Acts, but Paul and Silas, they're rocking revival. They are just having the time of their life. Paul and Silas, they're like, what should we do next? We're having such of an incredible time. Well, I don't know where we should go. And then they, Paul has a dream. Dream of a man from Macedonia. The man from Macedonia shows up in his dream and says, come over here. So they're being led in dreams and visions. How many of you want to have dreams and visions from God? Amen. Yeah, me too. My name is Benjamin Joseph. Joseph, I'm a dreamer. I love dreams. This is a dream region. God's redeeming dreams for you. He's having dreams. They're like, okay, we know where to go. And then it says, on their way to a prayer meeting. Glory to God. On the way to a prayer meeting, they don't even show up to the prayer meeting. They don't even get there. Just on their way, they meet this business lady, Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, it says. And all of a sudden, Lydia gets saved and baptized and all her friends. This is incredible. This is breakthrough. We're having dreams and visions, people getting saved and baptized. We are rocking revival, Silas. High five. Like, this is what we signed up for. How many of you signed up for revival? Like, that's what we're looking for in our life. Problem is, it doesn't always show up that way. Let's go a little further in the story. And Paul and Silas like just had saved and delivered. And now they're going down the road and there's this crazy demon-possessed lady who starts saying a bunch of stuff. They, they cast the demon out of this lady. Oh my goodness, this is revival. We're casting out demons. People are getting saved, delivered. We're having dreams and vision. This is awesome! Paul, we are rocking this stuff. It is so cool. And then all of a sudden, the whole community turns on them because 
This lady who used to be a fortune teller has lost her access to the information she used to get from the devil. And they beat up Paul and Silas and throw them into prison. Wait a second, that doesn't feel like revival. This does not, well, God, I, I signed up for the revival part, not the prison part. Like, what, what's the problem? And Paul and Silas, they do something different in a prison. They get a different perspective, and their perspective changes everything. And sometimes I think that we get stuck with a wrong perspective, and it's all a matter of our focus. Oh, what am I worshiping? What am I paying attention to? What am I affectionate about? Is it my Instagram feed? Is it social media? Is it the news? Or do I lift my vision higher to see the glory of the Lord? Do I turn my eyes on Jesus like Paul and Silas in the prison? Turn my eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things, the issues, the problems of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's an anointing on all of us to shift environments. When I became the prophetic ministries director at Bethel Church some years ago now, the same week that I became the prophetic ministries director, they changed out the air conditioners on our building there at Bethel, giant air conditioners, and they had this giant crane moving them off, and they moved off these old air conditioners and brought on new air conditioners, and they were Armstrong air conditioners. I'm like, you can't make that stuff up. I'm like, that's prophetic guy, last name Armstrong. What's, my, what's our job is to shift the environment. Sivo said it this morning. We're not thermometers. We're the thermostat. What degrees is in the room? It doesn't matter. I need to find out what God's doing to turn up the heat. I get to shift the environment. But that depends on my focus. Romans 12, chapter 9 or chapter 12, sorry, Romans 12, I said it right. 9 through 21, verses 9 through 21. We're going to read some of these because I think this is the, the ploy of the enemy. Uh, can I tell you this? All spiritual realms thrive on attention. The question is, what realm am I giving attention to? All spiritual realms thrive on attention. But the demonic kingdom is a pride-filled kingdom. They're like, hey, check me out. Look at over here. Hey. See all the bad that's happening? See all the crazy that's happening? Aren't you depressed? Yes, I am depressed. Every time I look at the devil, I get depressed. Every time I look at my situation, I can get depressed. I can find a bunch of bad things. Proverbs 11, 27, it says, He who seeks good finds good, but evil comes to he who searches it out. If I'm looking for the devil, of course you're going to see the devil. If you're looking for negative, there's plenty of that to go around. You can find that. Or I can get my focus on what God's doing. Romans 12. 
starting verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Wow, Paul, that's a big word. Fervor, what's that mean? Keep your spiritual passion. Let your zeal and intensity for the Lord burn like crazy. That's what fervor is. Be joyful in hope. <laughs> That's Paul and Silas in that prison. Wait, 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 wait. They had a bad situation, right? They got in prison. I, you know, I don't know about you, but I think of Paul and Silas in the prison. And if I would have gotten that prison, Ben Armstrong is now in the prison, I would have started questioning everything I did before that. Have you ever had anything bad happen in your life and you're like, what did I do wrong? I must have displeased God. Something, something's off. I did something wrong. Oh, maybe that was actually an angel of darkness masquerading as an angel of light. It wasn't a man from Macedonia. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe, maybe I preached to the wrong ladies. What, maybe I, I, I got it wrong there. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have cast out that demon. You know, what, what, what did I do wrong, God? That wasn't their perspective. You know what's crazy is once they got their vision on the Lord, it changed their purpose for being in prison. And as they worship, it's funny because all it says in that scripture, uh, all the other prisoners were listening. Why? Because Paul and Silas had hope in a situation that they had no hope in. They were joyful and worshiping God in a situation that the whole world was facing around them. They were in the same exact situation, different response. This is what you and I get to engage in. You have a city out there. We have cities, nations around the world who are waiting for people who are in the same exact situation to respond differently. And when you do, all of a sudden, the power of God gets invited to those situations to transform it. Chains begin to break off. The earth begins to shake and doors fly open, not just for the believer, but for the ones who are prisoners and belong in the prison. Well, the jailer freaks out, right? He's like, oh, oh, darn like everyone escaped. Because that would have been what Ben Armstrong did. Like if chains fall off me, I'm in prison, I'm worshiping God, chains fall off me, doors fly open, I do kingdom mathematics good. I can add two plus two, like chains fell off, doors fly open while I'm worshiping God. Okay, that means God wants me to escape. I mean, it, it, right? Anyone else maybe would think of that? Come on. You're pit, put in jail for an unrighteous reason. It's not right. And I'm thinking, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, 
I am out of here, boys. That's what the jailer thinks, and he's in a panic. He's about to commit suicide because he knows that's what everyone should think. But that's not what happens. Paul and Silas call from the darkness. Don't worry, jailer. Everyone else escaped, but at least we're here, the righteous ones. No, that's not what it says. Paul and Silas say they call from the darkness, says we are all here. You're all here? Yeah, we're all here. Because when I am internally free with God, there is no external prison I can be in that compares to what I know. I need to turn off my physical eyes sometimes. And I need to get in the spirit to see what's really going on. I could get stuck on that one portion of Scripture. We still got a long way to go. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who are who persecute you, say bad things on their Instagram. I, I'm sorry, I said, oh, wait. Bless and do not curse. Wow, that's rough, that's hard nowadays. I could get upset by so many things. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate people of a low position. Thanks for associating with me. I'm from Weaverville, so. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you and me, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my dear friends but leave room for God's wrath. You don't have to fix the problem. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. And here's what I want to focus on. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Our job is not to fight the devil. Our job is not to find a principality over our home and like fight the devil and cast out whatever, do some kind of special thing like I'm putting holy oil all over my house. I don't well, I don't know what you would do, but my job is to find out what God's doing and partner with that. Let me just tell you, the devil loves it when we fight him because we're not doing what we're called to do. 
which is to build the kingdom. And when I get so distracted on what the enemy's doing, sometimes I, I feel like we as the people of God, and I can be there, we can get distracted by what the enemy's doing, and then I respond to a response. What do you mean, Ben? See, God is the creator. Every time anything original happens, it stems from him. He is creativity. It's not that he tries to be creative. It just flows from him. When the devil tried to become God and tried to take over, he got severed from all creativity. What does that mean? The devil cannot create. He does not have original thought. He can only respond. So if I see what the devil's doing, I need to know God already did something, and my job is to find out what God did, not respond to the devil's response. If I'm responding to a response, I'm so far behind. But when I respond to God, it disempowers the devil. How do you bind the strong man? When no one else lives in the devil's home, you've bound the strong man. When no one else is dealing with the devil, you've bound the strong man. When I am a son of God who's been adopted, we've got sons and daughters of God in this room. You've been adopted by God. And the first thing God does is give you gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of Christ. He's like, oh, I got so many gifts. I'm infinite. I've got so much to give around. Yeah, but what if Chris has like lots of gifts? You know, what if God gave everything Chris could possibly handle? I mean, I can't play the piano like Chris, but that's a gift and stewardship. He's got all these gifts. And what if God times that by a billion and try to shove it all in Chris. Well, besides the fact that he'd explode with the goodness of God, sometimes I think my God is finite. What do you mean, Ben? Well, because sometimes if I see amazing gifts on Chris, I think there's less for me. And I superimpose this attitude that I've learned from the world that if my brother or my sisters get praise from mom and dad, then I've got to compete for some of that praise, for some of that love. But you take a billion or a trillion or the biggest number you can even think of, take that away from infinity, what do you have left over? Infinity. You can't take away from God. He's not finite like we are. He's got more than enough to go around. And when we realize that, and I've been adopted, and we're we're so excited about all these gifts, and we're like, hey, God wants to give you gifts too. He's got amazing, incredible things for you. Why don't you get adopted by God? Look at what we get. It's awesome, it's amazing. And then what happens is the population in the devil's kingdom becomes reduced because everyone wants this kingdom. 
and then our societies begin to get transformed. Why? Because we're not dealing and fighting with the devil. We're actually building kingdom in our business, in our home, in our governments, all kinds of places. God starts happening. Creativity starts happening. Solutions starts happening. And now the world isn't happening to me. I'm happening to the world. I'm tired of the world happening. Oh, my, my job, my kids, my spouse, my pastor. What's your problem? It's like the world happened. No, God invites us to happen. Don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil by doing good. And when no one lives in a house anymore, that house dies. That's how I disempower the devil. That's how I bind the strong man in my life. Oh, but Ben, you don't realize I, I walk in church and I'm prophetic. And I, you know, I can feel when that spirit of suicide gets jumping on people. And we need to cast that demonized spirit out. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's good. Or you could just find out what God already released. Because the suicide that's in the air is a response to something God already released, and the enemy's trying to distract people. Well, what's the opposite of suicide? Well, maybe it's life. Well, yeah, well, you could do the opposite, or you could ask, God, what did you release? I don't, I don't automatically go to the opposite of whatever the devil released. I'm like, sometimes suicide shows up because someone doesn't have a purpose. God, you're releasing purpose in the room. Okay, God, I'll release purpose in the room. Give me a microphone. No, you don't need a microphone. Just worship from a place of purpose. Go pray for someone. Go meet someone. Go take someone out to lunch or dinner. Give them hope. Declare purpose over their life. Prophesy into them. That's what shifts our environment. Not, oh, I, we, we just cast out suicide. I'm not saying it's bad to pray against suicide, but what are we exchanging that for? I got to fill the house with what God's doing. I got to do that for myself. How many ever have any uh, uh, days where you get that thing called stinking thinking? or we'll just call it the spirit of stupid. You start listening to stuff, the spirit of stupid comes on you and you start thinking all the negative things you could think about yourself. And you look in the mirror and you think, I'm the biggest failure in the world. Not you guys, I'm just talking about the ones who aren't in church today. I'm just like, <laughs> those, those guys. Because you would never have any challenges in your identity. Mm. I'm going to tell on me, I have challenges in my identity, and it usually stems from I got my eyes off the one I was created to be like. Whenever I have challenges in my identity, the first thing I do is start declaring who he is. I remind myself of who he is because I was created in his image. And when I remind myself of who he is and I get my eyes on his face, I start getting transformed back into my 
original purpose, my original design. I'm being continually transformed into his likeness as I behold him, as I behold his glory. This is the season. We've been through a pretty crazy season. And, you know, for some of you, it's the worst season in your particular history. I don't think it's the worst season in all of human history. There's been worse season. This is what's crazy. God loves to show up in the worst seasons. Look at throughout history. Have you read your Bible? There's bad places, worse things happening in nations around the world, and God wins every time. Stand to your feet. I'm going to give you one last charge. What narrative are we listening to? What narrative are you listening to for your family? Your sons and daughters, your spouse, your grandparents, your parents, your job, your business, whatever you can think of. What is the narrative you're listening to? This has been, I mean, almost, we're, we're going on two and a half years of severe fear narrative that has been bombarding the earth. Can I get everyone in fear? That's what the devil's trying. Can I get everyone to worship me? Fear, wrong place fear, shows who you worship. You remember the story of David and Goliath? We already talked about giants. This is a little different. We're talking about bad giants. You're a good giant in God, chucking rocks at the stuff that is damned up what God has for you. But this is a different story. David and Goliath and, you know, Goliath's out there taunting the armies of Israel. These are guys who were trained to destroy giants, trained to fight from young age, and they're sitting there, and they've come under a fear narrative. Forty days, Goliath would come out and taunt the armies of Israel. And what did it do? Fear cripples you. Wrong place fear will cripple you. Oh, I can't do anything. My situation, the economy, my governor, my... Pro you got a good governor. I'm not saying anything about anyone else. I'm just saying you got a good governor. My president, what, wait, what, you know, what do you want to make an excuse for? My God. See, I got my, the children of Israel got their focus on a big tall guy. And they're freaking out. And it takes a little shepherd boy delivering cheese. Cheese boy. <laughs> cheese boy shows up and he rocks up and he's like, carrying a wheel of cheese to his brothers, the real warriors, the brothers that are in fear. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who, why, why are you guys letting him talk? Shut up, cheese boy. Go back with your sheep. Just get out of here. What did it take? It took someone else who wasn't listening to the same narrative, who was alone with God, 
playing his harp, playing his guitar, playing his piano, spending time in the Word, declaring over themselves what God sees in me. And he walks up and he says, no, 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 not going to happen. Not today. You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, whom you have defied. And today, I'm going to kill you, sucker. That's, that's Ben's version. That's what he said. God is waiting for us to get focused on him so that the giants of this day and age can fall. You're giant killers. You're the real giant in the room, like Cody was talking about. And our job is to break down the strongholds of the enemy. And how do we do it? By getting focused on what God is doing and staying focused on what God is doing. God, I give you my affection. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my ears. I give you my eyes. I choose to feed on what you're doing, not feed on what the enemy's doing. I, I choose to feed on what heaven is releasing to earth so that all of a sudden an earthquake can happen. What happens? Oh, oh, the earth is shaking. What's happening? The resonance of heaven is being superimposed over my prison. And when that happens, freedom happens. Breakthrough happens, not just for me, but everyone else. God, I don't pray that you'd take them out of that job. I pray you empower them in that job. God, I don't, I don't pray that you'd take them out of that relationship. I pray that you would heal the relationship. That you would transform it for all of us. God, we need a new mind, a new perspective to see you rightly. We choose today to focus on you. And God, I pray that there be a level of tenacity, a level of an ability to create a new habit in all of us. Cody was telling me about this 75 days of terror thing that he's doing to his body. I don't know if 75 days of torture, some workout thing. <laughs> and he's like, I'm 20 days in. I said, how do you feel? He's like, I feel sore. Yeah, you might feel sore for a while because you're actually exercising new muscles that you've never done before. But if you'll do it until it becomes a habit. How do I know it's a habit? I don't have to think about it anymore. It's my natural. I guarantee everything will change. And I, I'm declaring this. You're going to see a shift even in this week. It may not be huge. It may not be ginormous. It may just be a small shift. But you're going to anchor on that thing because it's the start. It's the catalyst that sets the whole forest on fire. And God is about to light your life on fire like you've never seen before and you're going to walk in power and authority like you've never seen before because why because i choose to put my focus on what he's doing and i'm not going to be overcome by evil but i'm going to overcome evil by doing good i'm going to build the kingdom everyone said amen amen thanks for listening we hope you felt encouraged by today's message 
If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.